0: Good stuff, good stuff. How's everybody doing? Good to see all your beautiful faces out there. Everybody enjoying 2016 so far? Oh, I was kind of half-hearted. It's kind of half-hearted, a little discouraging right there. Well, hopefully after tonight, maybe it'll be a little bit better for you, right? What do you think, Daniel? Think it'd be good? All right, good stuff. Well, hey, tonight we're going to be talking about a, a series I wanted to do. Uh, we were going to do three weeks, and uh, we kind of jumped into it a little bit last week, but not really. And uh, so we're going to do this for the next two weeks. And then on our anniversary service weekend, as I was mentioning earlier, we're going to start a new series called Good News. And that is going to be a series that will take us all the way through May. And so I'm super, super excited about it. Every single night we're going to be talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so it's going to be awesome. It's going to be encouraging. It's going to be a great night for you to invite friends, to bring people that do not know Jesus, know the truth of the gospel. I encourage you to make sure that you're here. Uh, We're going to be talking about a lot of awesome some things walking through the sermon series, so I'm super, super pumped about it, and uh, would love for you to be praying for it and getting ready for it as well. But as we talk about for the next two weeks, we're just going to be talking about you and I and the start of our new year. So how many people out there, how many of you you do resolutions? Let's just say, you do New Year's resolutions. Jamal kind of. All right? I just want to make sure we're participating. How many of you do not do New Year's resolutions? All right, okay, all right. Wow. Is that because we're apathetic or lazy? Is it is it either one of those or we're just kind of like, "Hey, we just we just have faith." Is that what it is? We're just a campus full of faith. Right? We just know good things are going to happen, right? All right, good. I like that. That's what I believe, too. Well, so, like, you know, I'm, I'm with you on that boat. I don't do New Year's resolutions. Um, but yet still, even even though I don't do resolutions and even though, like, you know, we kind of don't really talk about it. I jerked around a little bit last week. Like, that even is spilled into my kids. Braden was talking to somebody. And he's like, you know what my New Year's resolution is? And they were like, what? He's like, to not do New Year's resolutions. And I was like, oh, wow, all right. That's good. So, like, we don't really talk about it think about it but I don't know if it's just culturally. I don't know if it's just what it is, but yet when we start a new year, there's something in us that we kind of approach the new year with new hopes, new dreams, new expectations. We kind of take on new habits or anything like that. You know, how many of you guys are with me? All right. How many? I want to hear people see this, right? How many people you, you've worked out a little bit? Come on, let's be honest. All right, over the past 16 days, you're like, oh, I'm gonna start working out. How many of you done that, All right? How many of you thought about it and you didn't even start? I'm just kidding. You don't have to put your hand. Okay. <laughs> so so we always start, you know, the new, beginning of the new year, we kind of have these thoughts, you know, of just like, you know what, man, it's a new year. I want us to do some new things and take on some new opportunities and have some new experiences or maybe because of your situation or, or whatever's happening, there's new things that are just gonna be, be a reality in your life. Brayden's getting ready to turn 11, so we know that puberty's right around the corner, so there's gonna be a whole lot of newness there. It was awesome the other day. I love embarrassing my kid. This is gonna be so awesome. So the other day, I was, it was so awesome. He's sitting there. He's like, Dad, I got a chest hair. We're like, for real? He's like, yeah, if you shine the flashlight on it just right. I was like, that is so awesome. But it's like, you know, like, Whatever it is, there's new opportunities. And we kind of, when January comes around, we kind of have this thought, this mentality of like, man, I I want to, what's going to be new? I want to do something new. Or I want to experience something new. I'm desperate for something new to happen. And that's kind of our look and that's kind of our mentality. And that's just the way we look at things. And, And I love the reality of it all in the same is, is that that is not something that is just a culturally based reality. The fact that we have this optimism for the future, the fact that we're looking forward to the future, the fact that we have a a mind's eye to say, I wonder what's possible, or I want to see something that I don't see right now, that is a gift that God's given us. It's faith, and it's an expectation that God is already doing something, that he's already at work ahead of us, that God is eternal, and it's something that we see there. In Scripture, we also see as well that God, through Jesus Christ, has called us to be a new people. That everything, when we come into contact with Jesus and come into relationship with Him, when we make that vow of devotion say, I'm going to follow you and live my life for you, that it's not just something that happens that we check off on a box and we say, cool, did that, done that, that's a badge that I get to wear, but it's an entirely new moment. It's a new moment for us as people. It's new moments for us as as believers, as as just a human being, that when you come into contact with Jesus, you make that vow of devotion, that connection with him. You're a new person. And so that's what we're going to be talking about tonight is is a, a little bit of a combination of I've got these dreams, I've got these hopes, I want to do these new things, I would love to at some point be able to run a mile without dying, I want to lose 10 pounds, whatever, you got all these things that you want to do. And I want you to see and to hear that God has things that he wants for you to do. That through Jesus, he's wanting you always to become a new person. And he's always working to make every day new and to make you new so that you can see him and all that he's doing. So we're going to be in Ephesians tonight. You can go ahead and turn there. Ephesians chapter 3. If you're following along on the Bible app, we do have our sermon notes there as well. Not quite as in depth as normal, but you can still see the scripture references and see a couple of notes and have a place to take your own notes if you'd like to do that. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10, maybe through 19, we'll see. Verse 10, God's purpose in all of this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety. I shared a thought briefly last week, and it was a rushed moment because we wanted to get into a moment of prayer. and We had a lot of things going on, but I shared a thought that as I was reading this verse, it just jumped out at me. And I just want to reiterate that thought because it's just an important thought for us to capture and to get. That as you read this verse and you see that God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom and its rich variety. One of the things I just feel like God just speak to me, and it's just something that I need to get into my heart, and I need to believe for this year, and that we as a church, that we as followers of Christ, that we need to hold on to, and it's this, is that God wants you to know his plans for you. God wants you to know his plans for you, that his plans, his eternal plans, the things that he's doing in you, the things that he's doing through the church, the things that he's working out in the world, all of those things, God wants you to know what he's doing. He wants you to know that he's got a plan and that things are working out. He wants you to know that. He wants you to see it. He wants you to experience it. He doesn't want to hide it from you and keep it from you. Oftentimes, that's how we kind of feel like, right? Like we're just kind of mouse running around in a little maze trying to figure things out. And God's up there just going, did you see that one? What an idiot. You know, that's what we just kind of feel like God is. But that's not who God is. God's a loving God. He's a gracious God. He's a good God. And he's got a plan and a purpose for us. And he's got things that he's doing in all of eternity. And he's invited us to be a part of his plans he's invited us to be a part of all that he's doing in eternity and he doesn't want to keep it from us he doesn't want to hide things from us he doesn't want us just wandering around kind of having no clue what we're doing he's not up there laughing and cutting up and just being like man what maybe some of us but you know so like you know that's not who God is right that's not what he's doing God has a plan and he wants you to know his plans for you he wants you to know them Man, that's good stuff right there. All right. To all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Verse 11. This was his eternal plan. I don't know about you, but in my Bible, I've got that circle, right? Eternal plan. No beginning, no end. This is what God set out to do. This is what God is doing. This is what's at work. His an eternal plan, which he, and I've got this circled as well, carried out. Which he carried out through Christ Jesus our Lord because of Christ and our faith in him we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence so please don't lose heart because of my trials here I am suffering for you so you should feel honored Paul's writing to the church in Ephesus, and they're struggling, and they're a little bit concerned because they're just like, man, Paul's in prison, and Paul's get beat, and things seem like they're falling apart, and they're talking about Jesus and, and how good Jesus is, and we've experienced Jesus, and we thought things were great, and then all of a sudden, a lot of people don't like us, and a lot of things are happening, a lot of people are coming against us, and we're kind of getting scattered, and this is a little bit crazy here, and Paul's saying, listen, in spite of all those things, man, Even because of all of those things. You should have a hope and a faith to see the truth and the reality of what we're preaching. Don't lose heart. Don't lose heart because of my circumstances. Don't lose heart because of your circumstances. God is at work. It's an eternal plan that he had set out. And he's already accomplished it through Christ. And he's wanting our eyes, even in the midst of the worst of moments, he's wanting in those moments to have our eyes opened up to what he's doing in the world that he's at work and that he's present and that he's doing something. That is who God is and that's what he's doing. And he says all of that. And then verse 14, he says this. When I think of all of this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in our hearts as you trust in him, your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all of the fullness of life and the power that comes from God. Man, as you read that, it's just such an encouraging verse, and it's so awesome when you think of Paul in prison and he's writing this, and he's like, I'm in prison, and this is a bad situation, and, and you know, prisons in Ephesus and, like, or Rome, where he was at probably. Like, Not not a good situation, right? It's not like he's sitting there watching cable and working out, right? I mean, this is a bad situation. And he's like, in the midst of all of this, man, God is so good. Like, this even just shows me that God's working, that God had something that he set out to do, and that he's accomplishing it, and it's already been accomplished through Christ, and it's working out, and people are coming to know Jesus, even though... Things are the way that they are. How awesome is this? And he falls to his knees. He's like, God, you're so awesome. And then he starts praying for the church. I just wish you could know how good God was, how deep his love was for you, how wide his love is for you. I wish you could know the depth and the desires that God has for you. I wish you could see these things. I wish you could experience them. And he's like, and I wish you could see that there's going to be a moment when it all makes sense, when it all comes together. There's going to be a moment when you are complete, when you're whole, when you say, wow, look what God was doing. There's going to be that moment. There's going to be that place. And as I read that, I was like, that's so awesome. I can't wait for that. I'm not there yet, right? Because you look at situations and you, know, and you look at things in your life. I don't know about how your 2015 went, but it, mine didn't go exactly the way that I thought it was going to go. I had a lot of things that I wanted to accomplish, a lot of things I wanted to do, a lot of things I wanted to be a part of, all of those different things. Man, I, as far as even a follower of Christ, I thought there was going to be a lot more that I was going to do in the sense of just worshiping God, and I thought I was going to do better, you know, at connecting with Him, and, and, and I was going to be a stronger believer, you know, in some crazy way, like I thought something crazy was going to happen. And it was just one of those years that a lot of things happened, you got distracted a lot, and there was moments that I found myself in 2015 saying, okay, you have to pray. You have to pray. You're a pastor. People are expecting you to pray, Like you need to pray, and I'm like, yep, yep. How do I do that? Because I'm just disconnected. Are you there with me, right? That's where I was, you know, and it's just moments like that where I was just like, man, I felt like in 2015, I was going to be soaring, You know, that all these great things were going to happen, and my prayer life, like, me and Jesus were going to sit down and just eat oatmeal together and just, you know, like, have fun. I don't even eat oatmeal. But anyway, so, like, you know, like, I just thought all this stuff was going to be happening, and there's just moments I found myself just be like, I'm struggling to pray. What in the world is happening? And I look at 2016, and I'm like, I want something new. I want to experience the new. I don't want that. And then I stop, and I read this verse, and it's like, yes, God is so good. And, yes, he's doing all these things, and he's already carried it out. And all of this stuff is happening. I see all of this different stuff. And then I see Paul saying, you will be made complete. And I'm like, I want to be made complete. I want to know. I'm tired of walking in the dark. I'm tired of being confused. I'm tired of being like, I don't know what's happening. And I'm sitting here just looking at all this, and I'm saying, there's got to be something that I'm missing. There's got to be something that I'm not aware of. There's got to be something, and God's like, no, you're just forgetting. It's a process, right? This life is a process. There are moments where you're going to experience good things, and you're just going to be walking, and you're going to be like, wow, God is so good, and wow, worship was so awesome. Man, things were so awesome. And then you're going to go to Chick-fil-A right after church because we get to go to Chick-fil-A on Saturday nights. And they're going to forget to give you your Polynesian sauce. And then all of a sudden, you're just going to lose it. Right? Like, there's just things. There's just like, what's wrong with me? Like, what's going on? It's a process. God is working things out in us and through us. That There's this... Thing that's going on where I'm going to be doing the things that I want to do and I'm, oh, I'm connecting with God and all oh, this is great. And then there's going to be moments where I'm like, what is happening right now? It's a process and God understands my ignorance. God understands like my limitations. God understands my heart. He understands my desires. He sees all of those things and he has grace in the midst of all of that. But he doesn't just allow me to be where I'm at. He draws me out of that and he's making me a new person so as I look at that and I think about that and I say, man, okay, that's great. How do I do this? I need to know how I do this. What's, what's the steps that I take? What are the things that I do? And God just keeps saying, just remember, it's a process. I'm with you. I'm working things out. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16. It popped into my mind, so I looked it up, started reading it. Verse 16. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, how differently we know him now. I love that. I love that thing, that reality there, the truth of this verse, that when you come into contact with Christ, when you come into relationship with him, that you view things differently. I find myself in those moments where I'm the most, dis- most distracted, the most concerned, the most worried. Those are the moments that I'm looking at things with my own eyes, and I'm not looking at things from God's perspective. When you come into relationship with Christ and he is the Lord of your life, you look at people differently. You look at your situations differently. You look at your circumstances differently. You look at the random spontaneous things and connections and all of the things that happen, you look at them differently. You have this perspective to say, God, you're at work, you're doing something, and I want to be a part of it. But what happens in my life and where I get a little bit distracted and things start falling apart is in the moments when I'm looking at things the way that Jamie wants to look at things instead of the way that God sees things. Verse 17 This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old is gone and new life has begun. It's a process, he's building us, he's deconstructing us, he's building us again, he's deconstructing us, he's building us, he's working in us because there are things in our hearts and things in our minds that we've got to get out of, that we've got to eliminate. There's things that distract us and keep us from seeing God's goodness, his strength, his glory, and those things are things that God allows circumstances and situations sometimes to happen so that we can look at them differently. So that our perspective can be different. Our perspective can be new and we can see what God is doing. And in that place, we realize that God is making us a new person, right? I mean, if you were to ask Michelle, is Jamie a different person than he was on December 20th, 2003? I don't even know if you would want to hear the words that she would say of joy and exuberance of how much I've changed and grown as a person, Right? I mean, you look at it, God is making you a new person. And though 2015 had moments where I'd go, what in the world? That was not what I had scheduled out. I mean, I was listening to Michael Hyatt's podcast, and I had my year listed out for the whole year my goal set, and I didn't hit those things. And you can look at it discouraged from one's perspective, or you can stop and you can look at it from God's perspective and say, even in the midst of those moments, even in the midst of the hardest moments of my year last year, even in the most discouraging moments, through those things, God was making me and when I stop and I look at it that way, I see who I am today, and I see the things that he's doing in me, and I see the way that he's speaking to me. I see in in, in the moments that, that I had just a few months ago where I'm just like, Jamie, you're a stinking pastor. You should pray. People are believing that you pray right? Just do it, right? Like, just, just pray, you know? Like, even in those moments to now, the other day, I'm going down 64, and I just had the Bible app on, and I was just listening to different Psalms, and just burst it out and prayed, and God was just right there with me on 64, which, come on, that shows that God's real if he's with you on 64. Come on, let's be honest. Right? And it was just one of those moments, and I stopped, and I'm like, you know what? There are things that I had to fight through spiritually. There are things that I had to fight through intellectually. There are things that I had to fight through relationally. In those moments when I felt like God was distant, and I felt like things were hard, and I felt disconnected, in those moments, there are things that I had to do. And through doing that, God was shaping my character and making me a new person. And when you stop and you look at it and say, "Wow." God is doing all these things. Look at how good He is. Look at how faithful He is. Look at how wonderful He is. He's got a plan. He's working things out. He's not wanting to hide things for me. He's not wanting to keep things for me. He's making things known to me. And even in those situations, He's using those to reveal His plan to me. When you stop and you think about all that, you're like, God, You're so good. You see how Paul just dropped to his knees? It's like, Wow, You're so good. You're so awesome. And your faith gets built and you're excited and you see that God is making you into a new person. And you can have the confidence that one day it will be complete. That one day you will be new. You will be whole without pain, without suffering. That all things will be new in Christ. And so as I was going through all of this and looking at it, I was like, that's so fantastic and it's so good. And I was like, okay, that's great. And I can say these things and I can believe that God, I know that there's something more. I know that you have a plan for me and you want me to know your plan, but I also know this truth to be a reality as well is that God wants me to participate in his plans. God didn't just set up there and say, this is what we're gonna do and it's gonna happen to sit back and watch. God set out and he brought man into the world so that we could be in relationship with him and be a part of what he's doing so that we can choose to be connected to him and be a part of all that God's working out. He wants us to participate in the things that he's doing. So I'm saying, God, what can I do? How can I participate? How can I be engaged? How can I encourage the church to be engaged? How can I help us as followers of Christ, as a pastor, to say, God, we want to do the things that you have. We want to have that perspective. We want to keep our eyes on the fact that you're making things new, that it's a process. And there's going to be moments where things are like, really? And there's going to be moments where things are like, yeah! And there's going to be all this different stuff. And we're not just schizophrenic. We're human But you're with us how how do we do that so i was reading proverbs chapter two reading proverbs chapter two verse one my son if you this is solomon writing to his son rehoboam and possibly anyone that he teaches so this is a personal instruction he's writing my son if you receive my words And treasure up my commandments with you. I believe, and we're gonna get into this in our Good News series. I believe that this is God's Word, and I believe this is His Holy Spirit speaking through man to us for all time. And I believe that this is a moment in which God is speaking to us. And it's not just Solomon's words that he's referencing, but as we see here in a moment when he's talking about wisdom and understanding, that he's talking about the words of God, that God is revealing and working out his eternal plan through Jesus Christ, that he's talking about here in this moment, if you receive my words, that God loves you and that God has made a way for you through Jesus Christ, to know him and be in relationship with him. If you receive the truth of his words and you treasure up the commandments within you. As I stopped and just looked at those things, I see a couple things that jumped out to me. One, I see that there is this condition that's here. I believe in God's grace and I believe God is freely giving of his relationship and his love, but at the same time, there's a condition. There's a condition on me to receive, to trust, to believe, to have hope, to to see that God is doing something. When it says receive, it's meaning to listen, to take in. The word treasure is to hide, to love, to think of often, to, to just be mesmerized, to say, man, I want that, I desire that. And so there's this sense that God's saying, not just listen. Don't just come to service and hear a word or listen to a podcast somewhere in your car or at work. Like, don't just hear things being spoken, but, like, receive them as truth. Receive the fact that God is speaking, that he has a plan, that he's working out, and that through Jesus Christ, he's making things new, he's revealing to you who he is, and he wants you to be a part of what he's doing. He's called you and involved you in what he's doing. Doing in this world verse two making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding and this you can see this multiple times in the proverbs the way it's written the word understanding and the word wisdom they're written as personifications like as actual people that you could turn to as you can actually refer to, have conversations with, that call out to you. You can see this all throughout Proverbs. In First Corinthians chapter one, verse 30, it says this, "Our benefit, God made him." It's talking about Christ, God made him to be wisdom itself." When it's talking about here in, in Proverbs chapter um, two, in verses one and two, it's listen to the fact. Take in, take to heart, hold it like a treasure that God himself is talking to you. That God has made a way for you to know him and to connect to him. Take it in, listen, receive it, hide it, love it, cherish it, and make your ear attentive to wisdom. Be quick to listen for the things that God's doing. Change your perspective. Again, go back to, right, what I was talking about. It's a process, And God is making us new, and in that process of making us new, that there are things happening that we don't always understand, but God is still yet at work. And because he's at work, we can say, you know what? God is working things out. I'm going to have faith, and I'm going to believe, and I'm going to trust. And so he's working all things out, and I'm going to have a different perspective. I'm going to look at things differently. I'm going to have a new way of seeing things. And so when somebody's talking to me and they're griping to me about how bad their day was, I'm not going to listen to the gossip that's coming out. I'm not going to listen to the negative things that are happening and tune my heart to that. I'm going to listen to the hurt that's in their life. I'm going to listen to the suffering of where they are. And then I'm going to speak the truth into their lives. And I'm going to reveal God to them and to myself in that situation. Turn your ear. Be quick to listen. What is God saying? What is God speaking in your situation? What is going on? Turn your ear to the fact that God is at work. Turn your ear to the fact that he is doing something in this world. Turn your ear to it and incline your heart. Incline to this uh, word here, incline, is to stretch out, to bend, right? Right? Reach out for the fact that God is at work, that He's doing something. Bend your heart, bend your mind, literally submit to the fact that God is at work, that he is speaking, that in every situation, in every moment, God is revealing something to you, that he's wanting to make you new, he's wanting to make you stronger, he's wanting to make you more attentive to who he is and reveal his love to you, that in those moments you say, I'm going to listen, I'm going to speak, I'm going to submit to the fact that God's under control, and I'm going to incline my heart, my soul, all of who I am. It's not just going to be an intellectual process. All of who I am, I'm going to be quick to treasure the fact that God is speaking, that God is present, and I want to hear at every opportunity. I want to see at every opportunity. I want to take those in. I want to cherish the goodness of who God is. The other day, I went to have lunch with Brayden at school. I, I tried to go to their school at least once a month, if not twice a month, I believe it's one of the most important things you can do as a parent is to invade your kids' worlds. Because if your friends know, if their friends know your face, right? If their friends know that I could dominate them at kickball at any moment, it makes them a little less inclined to try to persuade Brayden to be a part of their world. If I'm the guy that comes in, shows up, and just throws out tacos and cupcakes to all the kids, Right? And I give all the little boys death stares. Rylan is the girl that all the little boys decide to not mess with, right? So I, I try to do everything I can to go to school with them and hang out with them. And so we were there yesterday. And, and I, I, every time I go, I feel like a sociologist. I get to study our culture a little bit more and see where it's going. And it, it's a little scary. I'm not going to lie. It's a little scary. And so we um, I, I was having lunch. This week has been insane for me. I mean, just this task and responsibility and just it's just been an insane week and so i was like all right i'm gonna have lunch with them because i told them that i would and uh but i'm just gonna have lunch and go they always want me to go recess with them and i was like not today we'll do it next time and so i show up and Braden's just like talking at the table and all his friends are like hey kickball blah, blah blah and i was like not today all right not today guys and they were like but Mr. Bell, and then Brain's like, what can, we, what can we do differently tonight so that you can work tonight, so that you can do kickball? And I was like, nothing. I'm going to go play kickball. All right, so we go out there, and we play kickball, and I'm just telling you, like, it's just amazing to me. Like, all the things that are happening with our kids nowadays, just their perspective on the world. So we go out there, I don't know about you, but I remember me in fourth grade, right? I remember what fourth grade was like for me in the early 90s, okay? So we go out there and we're on the, playground and they've got this rule the teachers have to come out before they're allowed to play kickball all right and so they're all just standing there and they're just waiting and they're getting as close to the kickball field as they possibly can and you know all this different stuff so they get out there and 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 they're just talking until this teacher comes out trying to figure out who's going to be the captain who's going to be the one that picks the teams right so as they're doing this they're going through and they're picking the teams and they're like okay well you were the coach yesterday right so you're not going to be the coach today but you're gonna be an assistant coach to him. And you were the coach the other day, so you're gonna be an assistant coach to him. They're like picking a team without even realizing that they're picking a team. Because everybody had a title and a role. They all had to be a certain assistant coach underneath of one guy or the other. And they're literally picking a team so that they can pick a team. Like, it's the craziest thing to me. I'm just sitting there watching. them am like, what are you doing right now? Like, this makes no sense to me. This is highly inefficient. So anyway, so they're not even fighting, and they're just like, whatever. So we go out there, and then they get up, and then You know, like they picked who was going to kick and who was going to receive, and they all wanted to be on my team, so I was all-time kicker, uh, which was just awesome, you know, because you just kick it as hard as you can and walk, you know, so that was great. So I was like, so I was, you know, I was all-time kicker, and so we separated out, and they had them out there in the field, and and all the kids, like if this is home base, they literally just stand around home plate, like all of them. Like there's no line, there's no like they know who's kicking first, but they're just like you can't tell. Like it's just this cluster of smelly four year old fourth grade boys, you know, and they're just all there and they're just like hanging out, at the at first base, and so then the pitcher comes up and the pitcher's like, okay, how do you want the ball? Fast, medium, slow, or bouncy? I'm like, what in the world? You're the pitcher. Like, you're not supposed to give him the pitch that he wants. Like, what are you talking about? The kid's like, I want a slow pitch. So he just rolls it super slow, and the kid runs up, and he kicks it, and they're all like, and nobody really chases after it. He just kind of runs, and then he starts passing first, and he goes, oh, no, 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 I'm not supposed to pass first. We all got to get on base so Mr. Bell can kick us all in, right? And I'm like, this is the weirdest game of kickball I've ever played. So then the next kid comes up. And he's sitting there, and and then the pitcher goes, what kind of pitch do you want? Fast, slow, medium, bouncy. And the kid goes, you know me. I don't want any of those pitches. And they're like, oh, that's right. We forgot how Ben likes it. So they take it. I wasn't going to say his name, but I just did. Whatever. So they take it, and they put the ball on the pitcher's mount. Right? And then they all just run into the outfield. And then he runs all the way to the pitcher's mound and kicks a steel ball. And I'm just like, what just happened? And Braden's like, well, he can't kick it if it's rolling. And I'm like, well, that's his fault. Like, the, what are you talking about? And I'm just, like, baffled. I'm just sitting there, and, like, all of these things are going on, and all this stuff's happening. And I'm just telling you, though, it was – a divine moment for me. Because how many times do we look at God as our pitcher? And we expect him to be up there and we expect him to say, how do you want life? Hard? Easy? Medium? A little choppy just for the fun of it? And we expect him just to throw us whatever it is that we want. And how much more of a reality is is not only do we look at God as our pitcher, but there's moments and times where we say God, put the ball down because I'm going to take control even further. And we step into these moments where we just say God, I want to control things and I'm going to take all of this stuff because I want to make things the way that I want things. When the reality of the whole situation is is that God is not the pitcher He's the owner, and he picked you to be on his team because you have something that he wants to use so that people can see how good and faithful and powerful and wonderful he is. He picked you to be on his team, and he knew that there was going to be moments of training that you were going to have to endure, that was going to give you an endurance and a strength and a confidence that nothing else could give you, and he knew it was going to be hard. So he put people next to you and he encourages you and he gives you assistant coaches and he gives you all of these people and he knows that he's gonna sit there and he's watching and he's observing as you're living your life, but he's always there with you, always thinking of your best, always trying to support you, always trying to encourage you, always trying to be there to speak encouragement. But how often do we say, I'm not listening to what you have to say? You're off in the distance and you don't even care. How often do we say, just give me what I want and then I will let you be God? How often do we say, God, just put the ball down because I'm done dealing with you. Let me take control. And if you want to step into this new year in the worship team, you can come up. If you wanna step into this new year and you wanna see a new you, I just wanna encourage you in this. I want you to do everything that you can to see that God is at work I want you to open your eyes to the reality that God is doing something right now in our midst, that in your workplace, that in your home, that in your neighborhood, God has something that he is doing, and he has something that he wants to do, that God is at work. And God does not want to hide his plans from you. God doesn't want to keep you in the dark and just make you wander around and just have no clue what's happening. God wants to open your eyes to what he's doing, and he wants you in the midst of that to see that he is a good and faithful God. And as you see that he's a good and faithful God, you begin to trust him even that much more to do the things that he's doing and to go the places that he's calling you to, to reach the people he's calling you to reach, to love the people he's calling you to love, to say the words that he's calling you to say, to forgive, to be kind, to be generous, to be thoughtful. He's calling you to see he's working things out that he's making you new and that he's got a plan in which we will be with him in all of eternity and all things will be new God is at work and he has a plan and he wants you to know it and he wants you to be a participant in his plan what the requirement of us is is that no matter what's happening is to tune our ear Say, God, I'm listening. Even if it's something I don't want to hear, I'm listening. Even if it's something I can't understand, I'm listening. God, I'm inclining my heart. I'm bowing all of who I am. All of my intellect, all of the things, I'm bowing it to you in faith. God, because I want to understand. I want to have knowledge. I want to see. I want to experience. I want to know what you are doing. God, I'm submitted to you i am surrendered to you. God, I'm no longer going to try to ask for you to throw at me what I want. God, I'm going to know that you're in control of all things. And no matter what you allow, no matter what life throws at me, no matter what the enemy tries to throw at me, all of those things are reality. It still does not negate the fact that you are God and you're in control and that you have a plan and you've already accomplished everything through Christ alone. And as i believe in him look at him hope in him trust in him that he is making me new every single day will you please stand with me lord as we sing the song i just pray that you direct our hearts you direct our minds to see God, may you make us aware and may you tune our ears. God, may you give us the faith to incline, to stretch out, to bend our hearts, to long for, to hope for, to see, to trust, to believe that you are in control, that you are working things out. God, in the highest of moments and the lowest of moments, you were still God. You were still good and you were always faithful. Help us Lord, to take this word, hold it to heart, to treasure it, God, to store it up. God, help us to see and to know that you were speaking to us, that you've never left us alone and you never planned to leave us alone, that you are faithful, that you are Emmanuel, God with us. God, may we worship you in that truth.